Hello, welcome to the Ghost Light Social Podcast. Um, this is the audio-only version of the chats we've been having over on YouTube uh, with myself and Mr. Lee Toombs. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Michael Hunter. Hello. We've been doing this thing on YouTube, which started out as, well, let's just <laughs> throw something together and see what happens. And it's sort of grown slightly, and we've now done a few episodes. Yeah, and to some very lovely people. Absolutely. And we thought, why not? release it as a podcast so we've done that yeah this is the chat that we had with joe gill and lucy rafton hello internet welcome back to the ghost light social um welcome to our weird internet pub this week's show we've got two cracking guests for you um lucy rafton who you may have seen going on facebook live this week uh, dressed as princess anna and we've also got joe gill who you may know from his time on emmerdale as always we are joined by lee uh, hi hello everyone uh, i have to say little bit depressed today uh and i use it with a small d but um it's just this is getting a bit hard isn't it it's only it's like it's day, it's day six or so what day is it i, I don't even know what day it is but one of the things I did want to just pick you up on there, Mike, was um, you've never seen Frozen. No, I've, I've ne never seen it. What happened is uh, it, I'm a 41-year-old man, um, so it's not it's not in my remit. But then, uh, obviously, like 14 months ago, I had a daughter, so I'm saving it now that I'm going to watch it with her. I don't want to spoil it. Before we fully kick off, I wanted just to get a little something off my chest <clears throat> in a good way. Off your chest, um, it will be little. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very nice. Thanks. Yeah, we'll get the short gags in. One brilliant episode. Excellent. Uh, I am. I have to say, I can't watch another monologue. I cannot watch another monologue, <laughs> at least for a few days. I, I get it. I understand why everybody's doing it. But I, just, I did. I did a flash mob um, in college as part. I was in a performing arts college. But the bad thing was, we didn't actually get the theme of what it was, and we told all our parents. So everyone just turned up and expected it to go ahead. It's awful. <laughs> we didn't get the concept of what the, a flash mob oh, was. Oh, I see what you mean. Fine. So everybody yeah. turned up to watch you rather so than it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, so everyone turned up to watch our secret dance, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, so welcome, Lucy. Welcome, Joe. Lucy, are you well? Uh, yes, I am still in one piece. Yeah, yeah considering the, the circumstances, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm lucky. And everyone I know safe and well but we were talking about uh drama school to see what happens whether whether you know things are even going to be open at that point or you know whether they're going to defer people a year or yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a bit messy whether they're doing stuff by skype you know whether they're changing because i remember you know like you i remember going to those auditions and being crammed <laughs> in a room of 40 people and sort of yeah running around and then doing your monologue and doing whatever else. More monologues. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, set that up, Lee, um, oh, right. at okay. Leeds College of Music. I know that um, they, for their musical, yeah. musical theatre course, they have, well, they had uh, a couple of weeks ago told them that their audition, because some of them auditioned in January and February, but some were set to audition April. Um, and they've asked them to do uh, like a self-tape. It's crazy, isn't it, though? Because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we sometimes as actors, well, a lot, a lot of the time send off self-tapes, but I suppose there's no way they can do this. And if this is the only way, then, of course, so mm. be it. And it's great that technology is really saving us at the moment. But, you know, this is three years we're 
talking about and working with people extensively for three years. It's not just sort of a little two weeks doing a, yeah. doing a television job. So it must be quite hard to sort of get the same, you know, sort of um, information as you would do if you actually met them. I think the whole industry is going to change from that point of view. I think mm -hmm. that there is a big change coming. I think it's going to be quite scary, but it, if there's anything at all to come out of it, it has to be that we're all kind of going at it the same at the same level and together. I think it's been going the way of cell tapes, um, certainly in my experience, a lot in the past, you know, few years. I also think that it's it is it is going to unfortunately, and I, and I hate to say this, but. Uh, you know, it might damage a few people who have just started out who really, really, really need every single penny that they can get. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really knocked a few people over. And I do hope that people are able to get back up on their feet. But I can imagine if I was sort of, you know, 16, 17, starting out in this industry and trying to network and meet some of the great people that I have done and go to the classes and workshops that I have done, if none of that is obviously happening at the moment, because it can't. Somebody asked me today, said, you know, what do you think the best way of getting into the industry is? You know, my instant response, because I went to drama school, is go to drama school. Um, but there are other ways in. I worked um, on professional shows as a child. So I already had those three credits to go on Spotlight before I was even 16. There's a lot of me sometimes that thinks I wish I had. Um, there's a lot of knowledge that you can learn in, that, in there. But I still feel like um, you're quite young to take all that in. And I think some drama schools can be quite damaging. I do think it is a really good way in but I don't think I don't think it's the only way in and it depends what kind of work you want in the industry you know once upon a time it used to be you couldn't work unless you had your your equity card, equity card. Um, but now spotlight you need to have x y and z but there's there's plenty of of stuff out there that that doesn't even go through spotlight there's social media now I see constantly to be fair it drives me insane how much time I spend on social media looking for what's happening it's not the only way I've known casting directors to completely cast up off just yeah. self not, not not through Spotlight, but I mean, it is, there is so many, I don't know how many thousands of people are on it now, but it is, it does seem to almost be sort of the stance that if you aren't on it, you aren't a professional actor, which is true, but yeah, it has got a massive sort of, seems to have a power, doesn't it, at the moment, mm. do you know what I mean? Do you ever is nudge it... your agent for anything on Spotlight? Do you know what that is? Because I yeah. realised, I've, I've had a couple of different agents in the past couple of years, and the agency that I'm with now, I'm able to nudge my agent which i hate the term nudge because it's almost yeah. as if you're annoying them you're like you're <laughs> um but I, w I didn't know this button existed before obviously had hadn't had, doesn't have their settings for the actors to be able to have the power to do that so i was quite i was quite happy when i when i saw this nudge button so if you don't have an agent you don't see i i know I, you see it like i say on social media you see somebody post these um this show's just gone live we've put them on spotlight and you go on spotlight and it's not there because it's for agents. And you think, well, why are you putting that on? From talking to casting directors, one of the things I say is, you know, uh, if, if I put something out and I don't filter who it goes to, even, even from an agent point of view, I'll be bombarded with, and I just won't have time to go through them all. Yeah. Uh, Joe, your journey into the industry. I went to, uh, in between school and drama school, is college, you spent two years. I didn't do A-levels. I buggered a year of them up didn't even go in for the year, it was awful, uh, and managed to do a B-Tech in acting at a great um, college, anyone watching this in the Northwest, uh, Pendleton Performing Arts College in Salford, 
great college. I don't know if the teachers are still there that I had, but it was great when I was there. I did a two-year diploma in acting, and that really, I knew I wanted to do this, but that really, really, really made me um, not know that I could do it, but it made me realise that this is really what I wanted to do. You know, it wasn't just a hobby. You know, I like this enough to, you know, spend my life working on it. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to actually gain an agent from a few little sort of fringe um, shows that I'd done as part of that, in which I got my first professional job. And I managed to get a few little jobs here and there on TV shows in the Northwest and stuff. Um, and then I auditioned for some drama schools and I pretty much just sent out loads of applications um, for pretty much all the big ones, really. Um, spent a stupid amount of money. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a place at um, Guildford School of Acting and Arts Educational. Uh, and I managed to get um, one of these sort of grants and schemes and dadas, I think they're called. So it was all sort of good, but I really, really, really wanted to go to Drama Centre London. Um, don't ask me why. I think it was because I think Russell Brand and Tom Hardy and Pierce Brosnan and all the really cool method actors has been there and at that time you just sort of want to be like your idols don't you and I, I went there and I, I got to the last stage in the audition rounds and um, I got an interview at the end and everything and didn't get it and my gut told me that that was really where I wanted to go so the two schools that I got places in I was very fortunate enough to do that I just didn't think that they were right for me uh, so in the end, I deferred, the, well, I didn't defer, I declined the spaces, I think. I think I deferred one for a year, which I was able to do. I think so. And I thought, right, I'll try my best to get into Drama Centre again the next time round, which a lot of people do. A lot of people who audition for Drama School, if anyone's listening to this, if you're 18 coming off the back of college, the majority of people are big places, rather places... The minimum they sometimes let you in is 20, 21. I remember Ian McKellen said a great thing to people who wanted to act. And I think he said something like, don't do it before you're 30. There's no, <laughs> you've got no life experience. Because all the emotional recall stuff, you know, I've only been able to actually understand and realise and properly use emotional recall in the past couple of years because I hadn't been through anything powerful enough to actually make me use that technique. Do you know what I mean? So with drama school, I think a lot of it is being mature enough to use the technique that we, that we have there. Um I've got off on a tangent. Where was I? Yes. So whilst I was waiting for uh, the next year, um, I managed to get uh, an audition for Emmerdale. Five auditions later, I managed to get the part. And I went with my gut. I did the show instead of going to drama school. And with that, I think this is the most valuable thing. I learned so much from being on camera. When Michael Caine and... Who's the guy who played General Zod too? Terence Stamp. When they shared... A flat in London, Terence Stamp used to always have a go at Michael Caine because he would just go up for everything and he would take every single job. And he's like, Why are you doing this trash? And he says, Well, when you get that job, I'll have done 20 things on set and it will be like second nature to me, whereas you will be nervous about being on set. Your character as yeah. as, as Finn, Finn, the uh, yes. who's, who, who's idea with the glasses? I love to wear those glasses because, you know, sometimes it might be a pair of shoes, it might be a scarf, it might be a ring, it might be a watch. 
those glasses were the trigger for me playing that character. Not that I couldn't have done it if I wouldn't have worn them, but I, I almost quite literally hid behind them, and I wasn't me when I wore them. So honestly, if, if at any point they would have said, look, Joe, we're going to actually maybe think about revamping Finn and making him a little bit more, you know, taking the glasses off, I would have actually said politely, you know, actually, could you keep them on? I loved wearing those glasses because it really did separate me from him. Six things you probably didn't know about Joe Gill. <laughs> Right, but the funny thing about it is, um, the first because it's the gay first, UK. because it's the gay UK. It's like, is Joe Gill gay? Yeah. Well, uh, how old is Joe Gill? Yeah. Where was he born? And it tells you the the information is there. What is? Um, and then and then number. So I've not answered these. These have been searched. Well, there must have been. There must have been. But listen, listen. Bearing in mind, it's six things you probably didn't know about Joe Gill. Right. Uh, one, two, three. Okay. The fourth question. Is what is Joe Gill's net worth? <laughs> so, how much money has he got? All right. <laughs> and it says definitely less now, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I didn't get asked to do many interviews. Quite liked. I don't think I was an interview favourite. I don't know. They have some people that they like interviewing over. I think I declined a few as well. Not just not just politely, because you don't really have to do the ones that aren't actually linked to the story. Like, the ones that, where were you born? How much do you work? Bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I think because I, I turned down a few, I think they just sort of thought I wasn't asked and I, I wasn't, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, basically, the, the moral of the story is if you end up on a soap or anything, if you're just really miserable, I'll, 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 then people will yeah. just leave yeah. you alone. Lee, you, you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be fine. Uh, so Jenny came to see us in Full, uh, full Monty a couple of times, um, and um, she said, what, what she put is, she said, okay, I was wondering if you have time, could you ask Joe what he did to cope physically and mentally while playing Lomper eight times a week? Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, Jenny, I didn't cope. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Physically, um, a lot of it is done in the rehearsal room and we rehearsed very, very hard. Um, we had some some good guys looking after us. We had a good production team. And, um, and yeah, by the time of the first show went out, we kind of all knew new our positions and what to do. I think the good thing is about being on the tour, there's two things really, it can go either way. You can either do something so many times that you get really, really bored of it. And that's not being disrespectful to the piece, um, but it just becomes almost, you know, second nature. But the thing to do then is go, right, well, that's what I did yesterday. I don't, I'm not going to change the piece, but I might play it a little bit like that. I might do that. I might see how that affects me. I might do that instead of that. And that's completely up to you as an actor. And I think I coped during the tour by very slightly changing things a few times, not to anyone else's disadvantage, but just to sort of keep me sort of fluid as an actor, so to speak. So, yeah. And I learned a lot then as well, because I don't think there was anything that kind of didn't happen to me on stage that couldn't, that, that couldn't happen on stage. I think some things went completely wrong. Some things didn't appear. Some things just, just completely live theatre. And I think the beauty of being in doing, I think we did it about 259 times like, on my count. Something like that. Yeah. So talk about being on five years in a show the screen sort of um, experience doing doing a national tour um yeah i certainly i certainly learned a lot of the do's and don'ts of life there on that tour definitely <laughs> you know when i read the script and i was offered the part 
in a weird way, it was one of the things that enticed me to do it. I've always wanted to sort of do a little bit of a stunt. Um, and yeah, it was it was just it was just trusting the actual rope because the rope was never actually attached to my neck, obviously, in any sort of form. It was all attached to my back, and a lot of it was sort of the the physical acting of making the audience believe that it was obviously the strain was on your neck. Um, but I remember the first time I did it, it took me a good couple of minutes to actually even step off. It's weird. You've just with those situations, there's no other. You just have to completely trust the crew and know that if you do fall, you're getting a massive payout. <laughs> I remember sort of being nervous every single night before that um, that uh, stunt. Not like a nervous, like it might go wrong, but I don't think I ever sort of took it for granted what I was doing. Uh, one of my favourite things to watch when I'm not watching monologues is is the chronicles of anna right well i've got an anna dress i can i can dress up in that if people want videos thinking that absolutely nobody would take me up on it because somebody out there is already doing that getting paid to do that so i was like oh nobody's gonna like it i literally got an influx of messages going that's amazing yeah can you do me a video can you do me a video so i was like right okay i'll i'll crack that dress on tomorrow put the wig on and let's go it obviously drove me a little bit nuts um, to, to start with. So I was just wandering around the house dressed as Anna, going, is this everybody else's first day of isolation? Just walking around in a, in a Disney princess dress. It's like rolled on from there and people were saying, no, you should do story time. And I was like, I should, but no. But then the next day I was like, yeah, I'll do story time. Um, and it just kind of went a bit mad. <laughs> so far, you have you've been to McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've done what, what I can only describe as an attempt at yoga. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's a good word. Attempt. Oh, the geese—they're not the even geese. geese as well. They're totally swans. But <laughs> I'm just going with what what's in my local area, what I can get hold of right now. So <laughs> yeah, right, okay. morning. Obviously, the geese, the, every morning, they're giving me great material. So I'm like, thanks for that. Thanks for that, swans. <laughs> OK. So what else has Anna been up to? Um, I mean, obviously, she there were a couple of times that she en enjoyed eating pizza and stuff like that. Um, she did yeah. some washing as well at some point, didn't she? Yeah, she might have done washing. Yeah, she may have done that. Um, she's also, she had a bit of a breakdown one of the days, and that genuinely was me, like, just... I was like, I can't wear that wig anymore. I had a headache for 24 hours, just laid in bed, but then realised, oh, my God, somebody else is going to steal my Anna time if I don't get that wig on and do story time live. So can I can I just ask, is this genuinely aimed, aimed at children? Um, <laughs> it's becoming more aimed at children now. Obviously, okay. the videos were the videos that I was doing for, for them were there were like private messages like I'd sing a little song and say happy birthday because it was it was a, there was a lot of kids that obviously the parties had been cancelled they totally didn't understand why they couldn't have the party and why they couldn't see the friends and and so I was just sending a little birthday message I even got messages from my friends with kids saying I've just watched you eat pizza 50 times now she wants you to eat something else can you send a and I was like is that a joke in a strange way, it's getting me up in the morning. It's giving me some form of purpose because otherwise I, I don't know what I do because I, I'm literally, 
I'm planning, I'm going to do a walk around my estate on Wednesday because that's a great idea. So I've made flyers to post in all the letterboxes to wave in windows. Fuck me, <laughs> honestly. One guy messaged me saying, can you do it on the on the 5th of April? It's my, it's my daughter's birthday, I'll pay you. I was like, people are paying for anything. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want money. If you want to donate, that's fine, donate. But he was, I'm sure he was ready to pay a lot of money just for me to wave at his daughter at Listen, the window. It's- yes come on now well i think it's great and the anachronicles have to continue i i i absolutely love it um and i also love the fact that you are uh, raising money for the actors benevolent fund and acting for others um can you give us a song for our, our isolation playlist Sorry to be that typical 26-year-old Manchester guy that likes Oasis, but my favourite song is Whatever by Oasis. Uh, the second one, I'll give you another one. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't get two. Oh, can I, can I? Because this song's really struck a chord with me. I'm actually, I've literally just picked up the guitar this week. Uh, Blackbird by the Beatles. I mean, what's that, a ukulele? <laughs> That's my guitar, you cheeky. Oh, is it cat on Lee, though? It's full size. <laughs> the Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, come on. So, I've got two. No, you've got one. Oh, I'll go on. You can have one two. Now. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Sorry, sorry. So, there's, there's one song I've been listening to quite a lot lately, and it's Paloma Firth's new one called Mistakes. Enter Shikari. Um, their third album, I think, called Flash Flood color and it's called constellations brilliant well they, they will be added to the uh, added to the playlist lucy you've got another one then because everybody else seems yes. to have had two i've oh, only put you. one on it was my bloody idea and <laughs> I've only got one on. but lucy come on uh tilted by christine and the queens um how many units of alcohol have you had in the last uh four days it's just on the weekend they overdo it yeah yeah. So you've asked me for the. If you would have asked me the past four days on Friday, it would have been fine. You've asked me the past four days on Monday. I can't remember your name. Uh, not many actually. I'm not a big drinker. Probably uh, a few. It's, yeah, it's not worth it. Several. <laughs> yeah. What, Lucy? What is the most coronavirus thing you've done? I went to Tesco Express the other day. Don't go to a Tesco Express. So they've got the lines for you to stand far away from each other, but obviously the aisles are really um, small. So somebody wanted to get by me, and I went, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. But then somebody was at the other side. So I had two people, and I went, well, somebody's going to have to move because <laughs> you're not crossing by me. She went, there's loads of room. There's, I went, there's not enough room. So I made one guy go all the way down the aisle to come back around so that I could get out and he could get to the top. Fair enough. Yeah, there's an alleyway around the corner from mine. It's a very thin alleyway. I bet it. I bet there is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was walking down the alleyway, and I hear the pitter patter of some tiny little joggers' feet behind me, and I think, right, there's two options here because I'm only halfway down it. I went, she's, you know, sorry, not she. He, he's got to be two meters away from me, so I can either run at his pace. <laughs> and keep two metres away from him or I can ask him to stop running because he's literally like he's, if he's going to go past me he's going to touch me do you know what I mean and then you know all hell's going to break loose <laughs> um, so I just turned around and politely asked him to stop but it was so awkward because he was jogging I turned around and went I'm really sorry mate could you stop jogging please just so I walk turned around 
and it was the longest walk of my life. This walk, which should have, <laughs> this walk, which should have lasted fifteen seconds, lasted for you know an hour and forty-five minutes. And it was just so awkward those few seconds of walking and then him just disappearing into the distance and giving me the most dirtiest look. Lucy, what makes you happy? Uh, music, definitely. Uh, my family make me happy. I think in times like this, I've become sort of very um, aware of just how important family is. And probably actually connected with some of my family members, maybe a little bit more than what I might have done if I wasn't going through this. Sorry oh. to bring it on a proper deep level. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, just if, so deep. If, if, if you really, really want my honest answer, Harry Bostar makes me <laughs> I think we're just connecting with people it's strangely a little bit more. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I, you, you know what I'm like. I hate people generally. <laughs> I'm yeah. just not. I just, you know, I'm not very good with people. Lee, would you have FaceTimed me for nearly two hours if we weren't doing this? Would you? Probably <laughs> 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 not. Can't stand me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not no, true. That's not true. Actually. Actually, the, uh, and, uh, this is why we've only prepared seven episodes because I'm starting to run out of people I actually like. <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. That's not true either. Thank you so much. Um, those people that are still watching, I should have said this earlier, Mike, you didn't remind me, but those people that are still watching, if you could subscribe, that helps us out. Just subscribe, please. Yeah, subscribe, um, like, uh, yeah, hit the bell that. notification, all that YouTube jazz, you know the... So your sort of a favourite moment of um, of the industry. There was this one night that they came out with joke after joke after joke and I must have been stood there and they, on the town I everyone downstairs was just hearing me laugh for 12 to 13 minutes. Just me hysterical laughing. And I was like, this is this is fun. And I just enjoyed it, loved it. Were you, you were playing the princess, presumably? Yes. Because you, there is obviously a thing that you just try and make the princess laugh. I mean, that is yeah. that. Because they're the easiest target, basically. I was a massive easy target that time. And it would, every night, every night was the end of the show. And so when it came to the end of the show, so it was Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And obviously I had stuff that broke. That scene that I went and did the bed and the chair and the, I had Marmite on the spoon. I had all, it literally was Brilliant. the most hilarious thing ever. And I loved every minute. We were in this beautiful, beautiful exterior sort of, um, filming um location at these sort of exterior studios and uh i think liam neeson was filming next door to where we were but then this was where it was we went we weren't supposed to but i think a few of us went on a little bit of a walk at lunch and this is the type of place where you could literally just stumble onto any form of set and uh, we went down into this crater and there was this massive spaceshipy looking thing underneath this massive massive cloth and uh came up and told us to bugger off and it was the Millennium Falcon and you, oh could, my, you, could, oh just see, you could just see the sort of shape of it sort of underneath this massive but that's where because I think where the I think the location they weren't filming anything but obviously that's where it had been stored but when I saw it I thought you know F me that's the Millennium Falcon and I think that's where I sort of got a bit of a pinch me moment like that can't be real that's not that <laughs> but it was. so I think that's that's my sort of pinch me moment <laughs> oh guys thank you so much thank, thank you both. Lee Lovely to see you guys. Mike, let's sign off. Um, we'll see everybody on Wednesday. Um, Natasha Harrison, really looking forward to it, and Tom Larkin. Um, and, of course, I will see you as well, Michael. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> thanks very much. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Lucy.
birthday. Um, join us Wednesday, 8 o'clock, live on YouTube. Um, just search Totally Show Reels. Adios from the bunker. <laughs>